Welcome to the Metagenics Best Practice Podcast, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, practitioner-to-practitioner conversations to inspire, mentor, and learn from. Hello, this is Angela Carroll, and today I'm in Jason Marlia's practice in Leichhardt, Sydney. Dr. Jason Marlia, Doctor of Integrated Medicine, is the founder, director, and principal clinician of Integrated Health Australia in Sydney. He is a two-time author with many qualifications, including nutritionist, naturopath, registered Chinese medicine practitioner, and homeopath. Jason believes that we all have a book inside us. Have you ever wanted to write a book for your patients or need some inspiration to facilitate the birth of your book? Today's conversation may be just what you need to hear. First of all, thanks for having us, Ange. It's uh, quite an honour to be able to do this for your metagenics and uh, for your recent book, um, The Wounded Healer, which has been a work in progress for over 20, 20 years. Um, I started writing the book many years ago, however, it was started off as a biography. And I realised in the process that it actually needed to become more of a self-help book. Um, and the reason for that is I noticed that in my clinic, patients were often needing some life advice as well and some coaching. So I went ahead and put this book together as a biography to inspire, but also to help people to um, have a plan outside of what we're doing in the clinic as well. So, you know, things such as the mindset, spiritual, um, even things such as relationships, because we know that if a person's unhealthy, that can often come from really just having a poor, a lot of stress as a result of their relationship. So things like that. So that's what's been happening in terms of the book. And um, how, long, how long was that process to, to get well, the book from? When I actually started writing the book uh, again, I, I sort of dropped it there. Um, I, I started to, as I started 20 years ago, then I dropped it, left it. I felt like there was missing pieces to the puzzle. And then about two years ago, I was at a Tony Robbins event and I remember someone saying something about story how you got to get your story and people need to know who you are. And I was often asked by clients, who are you? Why are you doing what you do? So then about two years ago, I picked it up again. And this time I thought I would get the assistance of someone to really pull out the information. So I actually had an interviewer come in and interview me for the book. And so that's Peter First, who's actually um, accredited in the book for the first draft. Um, And um, so, yeah, but the book evolved. It actually, as you were writing it, new ideas came and um, you'd think you'd finished it and then you'd open up again and restart it and so it just so it's kept a, it's a very it would be a very different book if you'd published it 20 years ago yes absolutely and plus um, I don't know what I know I didn't know what I know now 20 years ago so uh, I think um, it's perfect timing because it was it's coming to a point in my professional career here that I needed something else um, to sink my teeth into mm. and we all need know that as practitioners we get a bit you know, we get bored or we get stagnant or we need something to change. Yeah. And it really was good to get all that information out and and it's been amazing for the for the clinic. How it's long have you been a practitioner for? Uh, we're going on 18 years now. Okay. Because yeah. yeah. sitting here in your clinic, you've got a wall full of all your accreditations. So it's, it's a very broad, you're not just a straight up naturopath, are you? Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, I, I studied naturopathy originally, but I was actually a nutritionist first. And then... Okay. Um, I basically was always finding that you you learn something and you realise you, you're missing something else. And so um, I evolved into a naturopath, but really what I've evolved into is an integrative medicine practitioner, having trained in the US and done a doctorate there. And uh, so uh, I've even covered the areas of chiropractic in that journey. 
Uh, and not that I wanted to be a chiropractor, it was more for the understanding of the overall system of integrative medicine. Um, so I'm proud to say that I'm, that I'm an integrative practitioner now because I, I, I like the, the, the idea of sort of sitting between your naturopath and also your GP. Yep. I like that being that link between the two. Yeah, okay. And so do you find then through writing that book it gave you that link, it gave you uh, ability to cross boundaries, I guess, between the, the straight GP side of the world and the naturopathic side of the world, or is the, is the book not aimed in that area? Um, my first book, Concepts of Integrated Medicine, was more trying to bridge that gap. I think this book was more to let people know what's out there and what's so to give them a, it does have an explanation about mainstream and natural medicine mm. and for, and and we, we need both so basically I, I wanted people to know that I'm not sitting on either side of the fence I'm actually mm. I see the benefits of both and um, that if you understand yourself yeah. you can and through this book you can learn to understand yourself better yeah. uh, and you can actually make the better choices and and know when you need one or the other yeah. that's that was been my goal with my personal clients in the clinic, but in the book I wanted to support it, sort of um, uh, make sure that uh, they understand where I sit on the paradigm, but also um, they can reflect on themselves and see, um, you know, what's um, uh, you know going to be specific for their needs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I found reading the book that it came from a, I've, I felt it came from a really humble perspective. So when I was reading it, even though I've known you, because we met at that AMA conference in the Blue Mountains how many years ago? Like 10 years ago or something. Yeah. Um, there were whole aspects in there that I didn't know about you. Oh, wow. And it was mm. really beautiful, I thought, to, to read that and understand that and get a greater insight as to who you are and how you got to where you get to, which I'd like to cover while we're, yeah. we're chatting a bit today. But um, with that aspect, you know, comparing it to some other books that I've read, that are, you know, how to live a healthy life version. They are a book that says, okay, <clears throat> you have to look after your nutrition, this is what you need to do. You have to look after your mental health, this is what you need to do. In your book, it was the journey of the wounded healer. It was your journey, how you got to there. And so the story of your life and the changes you made took you through, or took me through the process where I personally felt more engaged. So, you know, even myself, I've been in this industry for about 24 years. You know, I sat there at the end of it and I was writing through the workbook because you designed as a workbook, writing through the workbook and thinking, wow, you know, I really want to take some of these bits on. And even though I knew the information myself, it's still so good to be reminded yeah. of that stuff that okay. you kind of forget and you put on the back burner at times, even just simple things like breathing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that the word comes to mind there is accountability. So we are, we, we have to remember to reflect on ourselves every time we come across somebody or someone in the clinic that challenges our, our, our current state. And I think what the book does, and yes, you said it, it's simple stuff, some of the stuff. You, you sometimes know stuff, but you, you, reading something again reminds you of what you need to be doing. So that really is what I wanted the book to be about, about accountability, taking some accountability. So, um, and what do we do as practitioners really at the end of the day? Keep patients accountable. Because they know a lot of stuff, you know, and, but people need to have um, somebody reminding them of things and, mm -hmm. uh, and keeping them on track and, 
And so the book is designed around that. It's a self-help book, and there's a you know there's a section in there where you keep yourself accountable with the wellness wheel and give yourself scores and stuff like that. Uh, and we do the same thing in my clinic. I actually get people to score themselves. How well do you think you're doing with diet? How well do you think you're doing with exercise? How well are you doing with this? And we keep getting them to move, um, to improve on each area as they progress. So um, we all need reminding. I need reminding. Even writing that book, I was reminded I needed to do stuff for myself. Um, and so it's been a healing process for me as well in the book. Yeah. yeah. Amazing what bringing benefits bring about. Do you think everybody's got a book in them? Absolutely. Do you think and so? I, absolutely. I think everyone's got a story, and I believe everybody has. Um, I believe. Uh, what's the word for it? I believe they have um, not an obligation, but more a duty to. Um, you know, we all have, we're all here to serve, really, end of the day. And when we're serving people, we, we feel better. However, people, you're able to serve people better if you can actually get them to connect through your story. Mm-hmm. So I believe everyone's got a story. And I believe there's a wounded healer in everyone. That's what <laughs> I believe. I believe that, as we know in our profession, there's plenty of wounded healers. We've all had pain and we've had suffering and we've transformed ourselves into being better people and then able to help others. That's... Carl Jung's um, uh, understanding as well, the, the originator, originator of the wounded healer um, term. Uh, but really, wounded healers date back to all about way back to Chiron, the you know the Greek mythological figure. Mm. He was half man, half horse, and had an arrow, and he was wounded and um, was able to then help in that process as well. So, so I believe there's a wounded healer in all of us because, uh, but and the difference is between. I get asked the question, what's the difference between wounded and a wounded healer? So wounded is someone who's wounded, doesn't take control of their understanding of what the wounds represent. A wounded healer, on the other hand, tries to understand, or endeavours to understand what their wounds mean, yeah. transcends those wounds and uses them for the benefit of themselves and others. Yeah. And I believe that there are wounded healers everywhere out there. If you have a look in the media, you see people who've been through trauma, they, they set up organisations to help other people yeah. move through the trauma and you see I met an amazing wounded healer the other day Sam the Hulk Paleo uh, he was a UFC fighter he was abused as a child and now he goes and does talks to children at school for free he just wants to save kids from suicide and but this hap- just because we're practitioners doesn't mean it's mm. limited to practitioners there's people out there all over the place living the life of a wounded healer and I don't think the wounded healer story has been given enough um, publicity or understanding out there. Yeah. I think it just becomes a natural process for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people, particularly in our industry, uh, our industry attracts givers. It attracts people who want to help other people, who have had an experience themselves, for it's a vast percentage of people who are practitioners. They've got something in their past and they want to help, or they just know that that's what their calling is to do and they, they go that way. Otherwise, I don't think people stick with the industry if they don't have that passion, they don't have that, that buy-in. So if you think that there's a lot of practitioners out there, a lot of other people that have a book in them, people yes. that have something to write, tell me a bit about the process. How, right. how does the process go and is it, do you do it on your own? I mean, you had a publisher for yours. Yeah. Um, and at some stage, I'd you know, like to maybe chat with somebody that's had done a self-publishing process yeah. and see how that goes. 
Did you do self-publishing on your this first is a book? Self, I've self-published the first book, and this is also <laughs> semi-self-published as well because it's connected with Hay House, but I'm using... Uh, I used Balboa Press, which is a subdivision of Hay House. Yeah. Um, so... Um, they still behave like a normal publisher, but you have to, they don't take the risk yep. financially. You're taking the risk financially. Okay. So there's a bit of investment involved. So there's different ways you can go. You can, you can just write a book and print it up yourself. So my books are a biography slash um, self-help book. So it was needing the right platform. So I went with that style of publisher. So we were talking about earlier when we were having a chat about things was that the book, once you actually find your publisher, then you establish a rapport with them, you tell them what you want, how you want it to go through, is that right? Yeah, um, you have a thing in mind, you have what um, the outcome in mind of course is to sell as many books as possible and to reach the right platform and I guess they then give you the, the best avenues for that. So okay. they use you know, their own platforms such as their, their website and uh, obviously the standard platforms like Amazon. But then through in terms of marketing, they choose, um, um, they, they market you to all, obviously to all the, the media outlets such as yep. radio stations and TV networks and whatnot. Not, uh, and whatnot. Um, so really, um, it's quite broad what they do. Um, yeah, I think that's... So are you planning for future with the marketing? I've noticed you've done a lot of marketing with the yeah. book. For your future in marketing, you'll be doing TV, radio? Well, we, I've, I've reached out to radio stations and, and TV. I've done some work already with some radio stations. Um, it, you, you have to pretty much um, get out there and actually do some of your self-promotion as well, which I've done. So you have to knock on the radio uh, station So you have to pretty doors. much send it to the, the main guy, the main guy involved in um, publicity and... Um, and so, yeah, pretty much yeah, sending emails off and, um, um, uh, uh, yeah, so ring up radio stations, find out who's the person, who's the contact, send them a copy. Uh, so, yeah, a bit of soft promotion. And, of course, promoting the book through other, any other avenue that you can do. For instance, we promote it through the clinic. We promote it through um, my talks that I give. Um, I promote it online ongoing. Uh, I do little... Um, throwbacks to my book through some of the, the uh, videos that I do. And of course, if you really want to up the level, you can do some more targeted f uh, Facebook marketing yourself. Yep. So there is stuff you will do yourself on top of what the, uh, the publisher does for you. Okay, so with the, you say videos that you yes. do yourself, do you have videos for your clinic, videos on your website? Where, where are your videos? Best place to do is videos on you should set up a Facebook page for your book if, if you're promoting okay. purely the book and do all your videos on that platform and then share it to your um, your your own profile page. So your okay. own... So, so your backlink. To your backlink. Yeah. So because um, you want people to actually land on the Facebook page where there's the call to action on that page. Yeah. Um, on your personal page, that's not there. So... Um, yeah, so you're best off sharing it from that, um, you know. From your book page. From your book page, yes. Okay, all right. And uh, earlier we were we laugh about videoing, so you want to mm. tell me about how the live video... Yeah, live video is very important now. Uh, Facebook has given a lot of precedence, uh, a lot of priority 
priority to um, live uh, Facebook. So if you're um, wanting to get a video, um, some good ranking, you take the video, you make sure you get people engaged, you have a good topic, um, and then once they leave comments uh, and the video, live video is complete, um, 24 hours later, you then go in and like all the, uh, the actual um, comments, yep. and that puts it back up to the top of the feed. Okay. So it gets you double exposure. So as you know now, live, live Facebook gets alerted pretty much instantly that you're on and people have the option to buy in or not, or to, to opt in. And then the third move is to actually then, once you've reposted it, is actually to, to re-edit it and then repost it okay. back on as well. So you, yep. you get three, cho- um, three bites of the cherry. All right, so you earlier videoed you and I doing yes. podcast interview. Yes. And you've posted that onto your Facebook page. Someone's going to like that. Yes. And then you'll tomorrow repost that. Yes. I... Correct. Okay. In fact, and then what they do then is the ones that actually engage is, uh, say for instance you had 30 people engage, um, the Facebook marketing clever people actually re market to those people okay so they can target their market so if one particular topic you're talking about actually reached 100 people but uh, 10 left comments yep. then they actually target the the 10 to get them um, engaged further if they want to actually um, get involved in something you're doing right okay so so, so essentially as a program or buy the book or yeah so it's yeah marketing based on feeling the the crowd out Okay. basically all right and so that's the marketing so you've got your publisher for the book yes so you've written the words either through yourself or the ghostwriter yes the journalist yes um can you explain how you came across the journalist that wrote yours again he's a mate of a mate basically okay. i said to my mate i need someone to help me with my book i need to get it done as soon as possible and he went straight away he just said peter first all right great sign him up so we got him over and it was the best thing I did, ever did because it fast-tracked the process. Now you can sit there trying to extract the information yourself or you get a professional to extract it out of you and interview to get it out of it. So that, that's how I found Peter, but word of mouth. But I think if you do some search on Fiverr and place some of those uh, multimedia networks, you can find yep. people. The problem with that is a lot of the time they're international. So okay. you're doing a lot of those things. I had Peter come over to my house every day or every, uh, right. and once a week we would basically have a meeting and we would um, talk about how we want the book to go and the structure and then I'd he'd sort of know what questions to ask yeah, okay. um, and extract the right information out. Yeah, so it seems that the process isn't just as simple as sitting down, writing a book, sending it off to a publisher somewhere and then hoping that the publisher will ring you back and say, hey, I like your book. Yeah, that, that, that sort of thing, um, unless, you're, um, unless you are a really good writer and already have um, some writing credibility, it's a, it's a tough, tough, tough road. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, before I wrote this book, didn't consider myself a writer. I can write, but um, um, I wanted... Um, a professional who knows about writing books and actually how to extract the information to aid me with the process. So, but really, if you look at the book, you can see it's all me. It's yeah, it is. It's um, yeah. because once the book was written uh, and we had the raw material material down, he sent me 
a copy of that. I didn't like any of it. So I actually mm. went back in with my wife yeah. now uh, and we pretty much rewrote everything in my yeah. own, to give it my own energy, yeah. to make sure it was actually me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I, we were talking um, earlier about the importance of authenticity and yeah. how that's important. So if you, and I, I, I would imagine this would be the process, that if you write a book that isn't really you, that isn't authentic, it's not going to sell. It's not going to do your ultimate purpose, yep. the reason why you set out to do the exactly. book in the first place. So you, uh, a book is really expression of you. And, um, and that's why I say there's a book in everybody. And, um, and a good process is, as I said, is really someone getting to understand you and what your message is, mm. getting it on paper. Yep. And then, um, yeah, that's, that's the best way to go. Um, and uh, I mean, I've heard some crazy stories of people um, writing, uh, not even writing a book, having a ghostwriter write the whole complete thing and actually just put their label on the, the front label. And I just don't understand that because if you start getting asked questions about your book and you don't really understand your book, yep. um, you're going you're to get found out. So, um, so yeah. So when you when you sat down you know, twenty years ago, yeah. I imagine that writing the purpose of writing a book twenty years ago was a very different purpose to writing the book in the yeah. last couple of years when you were doing this process. Yeah. So starting with the end of mind, Stephen Covey's second habit of highly yeah. effective people. What was your aim? What was your, what did you see the big purpose of the book being? The main purpose of the book originally was to get my story out. Uh, I just had a story I wanted to tell. And it was a bit more of a biography. It was almost egocentric, you could say. And um, I basically, it was a healing process too. I wanted to just get that information out. But what I realized when I came back to, re, to, to writing it again, it, the, the, book, the idea around the book had changed. I actually needed to make it more of a self-help book. Need to be, mm-hmm. the personal journey need to inspire, but then the book needed to have an action plan for the readers once they actually get inspired. And, uh, and then also I realized that um, in, in looking at my business structure in my clinic, I wanted it to be a, um, a business tool as well. I wanted it to be a, a business card that tells you a lot about who I am, what I do, and what other things you could be doing as well with your life if you choose to, such as you, know, you might want to employ a coach, you might want to see a naturopath, you might want to... So that's, that's really what it ended up being. It's half biography, half marketing tool, sorry, a quarter marketing tool, and maybe the other uh, part is um, self-help book. Okay. Yeah. And it, it runs in line, the content, having read through it, it runs in line with what you do in practice. So it's got a coaching element to it. It's got a uh, programs element to it. So that, again, maintains that authenticity of what you do, who you are, how you practice. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and reading through, looking, you know, when at first you sent me a copy of the book to read, it was really engaging in that um, I could see you, hear you in it, I could read your story, but the story then took me into a part where I started to think about, oh, you know, is my life where it should be? Am I doing what I should be doing? And even, you know, after years of being in the industry, I started thinking, okay, I've got to start working through this. And noticing that the format of the book is, it's about an A4 stage size page. It's not, mm. it's not what I was expecting in the smaller book, the novel size. Um, and you said that was a mistake. It was a mistake, yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually got disappointed when I saw the book for the first time. And 
I, I actually chose the wrong size. And, uh, but then when I really looked at it and looked at it closely, I realized, no, it's actually perfect. Because actually, uh, for a start, it actually gives justice to all the diagrams in the book, but also it looks like a workbook. And I actually want the book to be something that people can grab, read, and actually refer back to and make notes in and actually better their lives and keep the process of bettering themselves uh, ongoing. So it turned into um, a bit of a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it does does definitely look like a workbook, absolutely, yeah. in there. So I'm um, thank you so much for the copy. I'm going to go back and uh, welcome. get all the little bits that I missed cool. that were in there. The purpose of these podcasts is to connect the industry. So I, my big vision with this is that people will be our practitioners, it's only for practitioners, will be able to log in, they're thinking, oh, you know, I'm not having a great day with this or I'm having trouble with that or, uh, you know, I need, I, I really want to write a book, what, you know, what can I do? They can jump online, listen to a podcast from another practitioner. So it's practitioner to practitioner advice, practitioner experience, and I hope that that will lift the industry confidence, lift practitioner to practitioner relations, improve, it's like a, a mass network. Um, of support for practitioners uh, because most practitioners work on their own. Most practitioners don't have that support. So um, bearing that in mind, do you have any words of advice for practitioners out there? If they want to write a book or whatever it is that they want to be doing. I think the key is um, being honest with yourself why you got into the field in the first place. And obviously we want to serve others, but also positioning yourself as an expert uh, in what you've learned through your process and and ultimately um, develop uh, and get yourself out there and actually market yourself well enough to be able to meet those people you need to help. I think you're doing a disservice if you actually don't get yourself out there and really pack yourself in the way that you're meant to to get your message out there. So I think advice to some young people coming through is really um, get very specific to your niche, know who you're really trying to, to, which market you're trying to meet, but also, but that comes from really knowing who you are. And I believe you heal yourself, you get to a good level of health um, and understand your journey. And then from that journey, that will inspire you to actually know who you're going to be working with. So, for instance, you might have come from arthritis or you might have come from a particular condition, for instance, that will inspire you to want to help with those people. So get very clear on that, your niche and who you are as a person. And I think, um, and then really packaging it so you, you yeah, as I said, um, meet the, the, the you know, market to those people. Thanks so much for your time. You're James. It's been great. Thank no you. Worries. Thank you for listening to the Metagenics Best Practice Podcast. Find us on iTunes and leave a review. Join our practitioner-only Metagenics Facebook group to be informed of new podcast releases, keep up to date with key industry updates and more. Visit metagenics.com.au to find useful links and resources relating to this podcast and sign up to our e-newsletter.